0: Hello, everyone. I'm Sandeep John, and I'd like to welcome you to Rethink CX by Freshworks. Rethink CX is a series where we speak to experts about everything related to adapting and thriving in this new normal of customer service. Hosted by customer experience guru and best selling author Micah Solomon, Rethink CX was originally a webinar series, remastered into podcasts for your easy access and greater reach. In our second episode of Rethink CX, Micah was joined by Raj Singh, the CEO of Go Moment, and Pradeep Ratanam, the Chief Customer Officer of Freshworks. The trio discussed the importance of integrating artificial intelligence in customer service and why it's especially useful during a crisis like COVID-19, where companies are operating with skeletal staff and time is of the utmost essence. Let's get started.
1: To introduce ourselves, I'm Micah Solomon. Uh, Raj Singh is the gentleman with the plain background, and Patty Rathanam has the uh, fabulous artwork behind him. And in case that's not enough information for you guys, Patty Rathanam is a chief customer officer at our sponsor, Freshworks. He leads the customer support, customer success, and customer implementation. He is the founder of Answer IQ, which is the channel by which he came to Freshworks. Answer IQ is a proud uh, startup in Seattle that is now fully owned by Freshworks. Prior to Answer IQ, he was the CEO of DT Technologies, and he'll let me know if I'm mispronouncing it. if it even matters at this point, but Aditi or Aditi, sorry, I should have checked that ahead of time, prior to founding Answer IQ. He also worked at a little company we have here in Seattle called Microsoft for over a decade. We all know and love him here because he's very active in the Seattle tech community and as a mentor uh, to local startups. Raj Singh is the founder and CEO of Go Moment. He is a proud product design expert himself. He's a public speaker. You can see him at many hospitality themed and tech themed events. Go Moment is a Google backed company dedicated to making customer service not speedy, not kind of fast, but instant. And Go Moment is the home of the award winning smart concierge Ivy. And I hope that. Uh, Raj will talk about that a little bit later on strategic advisor as well to Quake Venture Capital and he mentors MBA entrepreneurs at UCLA and he blogs at rajsingla.com. don't forget the LA and that is Raj Singh. I am Micah Solomon I'm a customer experience and customer service expert I'm a professional keynote speaker and frequently these days, virtual keynote speaker, which is, I, I guess, I'm a, what I'm doing right now. I'm also a customer service trainer, getting more into the nuts and bolts, and I design training as well. I'm a senior contributor to Forbes. I'm a best-selling author of five books. Most recently, the bright yellow book you see there, Ignore Your Customers and They'll Go Away. You can get three free chapters at my favorite URL, In my possession, ignoreyourcustomers.com, ignoreyourcustomers.com. You can have three free chapters or it clicks you right through to a chance to purchase it from another Seattle-based company. And I'm here on Bainbridge Island, which is right near Seattle, Washington. Before we get going, let me show you the way I think about AI. I don't think of it as an either or proposition. Instead, I think of this triangle here, the triangular model of AI. And uh, I, I think it's very impressive how I managed to get, uh, get Joe Biden to pose as the customer before he got really busy with politics. So, uh, okay, that's not actually him, but might be. So that's the customer, then you have the agent, and then you have the AI. And the idea is that the customer in a completely self-serve situation can get everything they want from the AI sometimes. Or they can work with the AI and then when things get tricky or emotionally laden, they can work with the agent. However, at that point, AI doesn't necessarily go away. The customer may be still using AI, and they may be using the biggest AI in the world, Google, or the agent may be using the AI behind the scenes or even push it to the front for something uh, simple uh, or AI friendly, like uh, tracking numbers and, and such. So it's a triangular model, uh, everyone can be working behind the scenes or at the front of the scenes with the AI, or we can be using a combination of agent and AI. And I find this a useful way to talk about it. With our sponsor Freshworks, they have further humanized this by, uh, humanized this or caninized this by calling the AI Freddy, which is this adorable little dog, uh, Uh, visualization that they have of AI. So the, the dog, the AI, is the human's friend instead of necessarily being the human's replacement. All right, enough visualization. Let's get down to it. Topic one, what is the current familiarity you guys are seeing, Patty and Raj, among customers today with AI and automation?
2: Thanks, Mike. I'll ju- jump right in. Uh, pleasure to be speaking with everybody today. And uh, AI and automation just seems like it is everywhere today. It is all around us. You know, we've got Alexas and Google Assistant devices uh, at our homes. Uh, many of us are using Siri and other uh, smart assistants on our phone. And it seems like the consumer uh, familiarity with AI and with automation, uh, especially you know, in home automation and, and other similar topics like that. Is definitely at the at the highest levels it has been uh, for quite some time. Um, there uh, was a Matova study that actually said that uh, I think uh, there are supposed to be 900 million smart devices uh, for in-home automation and smart home type of um, uh, applications that will be present by 2022 in American homes. Uh, certainly, there's a pre-COVID study, so uh, you know we'll we'll see exactly what that trajectory looks like at this point. Uh, But, uh, you know, people are investing in automation, everybody, uh, everybody's pretty familiar with uh, different forms of AI and, uh, you know, smart assistants. And people are increasingly starting to expect this out of business uh, transactions as well, not just the kind of communications that they're having with their own uh, smartphone devices, and their own smart speakers inside their home.
3: Yeah, I think just to add to that, Michael, I think the when you think about AI and automation, the customer expectations, to add to what Raj had to say, has now become one where you have instant gratification. You know, Alexa, tell me this. You know, Google, tell me this. Give me that. And so, the idea behind, you know, not having to wait, whether you're on a phone conversation or on the chat line, uh, the notion of being able to have bots give you some form of instant gratification is now an expectation that we've seen becoming more prevalent in, you know, with AI and automation from a consumer standpoint. The other aspect of this is also around, you know, consumers and customers are essentially expecting, you know, answers, not articles, not links, right? So the idea of being more precise to a question that they're asking today, an issue that they're raising, is also becoming an expectation that we are seeing uh, you know it, with with consumers and customers in, in broad
1: what are some of the ways that ai and automation are currently being used in customer service how are they helping enhance the customer experience as a whole some of these things are more visual visible than others so give me the give me um, the range of this
3: Sure. Um, so when you think about uh, you know what's going on with uh, the customer service space, uh, AI and the adoption of AI has is still relatively nascent, but it's expected to grow exponentially, and it's going to come across all channels, whether it's phone, whether it's chat, or you know whether it's an email ticket or social. I think AI is going to be part of all of these channels. In addition, I think you're going to see this across both dimensions, you know, consumer-facing AI as well as agent-facing AI. So if you ask me the whole notion of where AI is going to go, this is this going to become part and parcel of every customer support system today in every organization. And so it's just the beginning of where we've started. And I think, you know, democratization of AI is is essentially what's going to happen. And, you know, Freshworks as a company has taken that as one of the core tenets to offer AI across its entire platform of products, right? Uh, The second part which you asked about, like, how does it enhance customer experience as a whole? You know, today, uh, if you were to do, you know, you bought something in retail and you were expecting to do a, a return or a cancellation, or, you know, you expect today that you will call someone or, you know, in the, in the Amazon experience, the whole thing is self-service. I think a similar notion is expected from every business. And so mm. the idea behind having to wait even 30, 45, one minute, two minutes with an agent for a cancellation will go away because, you know, the whole process of automation can be handled with AI and with process automation bots that can essentially solve for these kinds of problems. So, so that expectation of customer experience when I cancel or you know I have a refund uh, should ha- is is essentially going to be completely transformed in the new world uh, with uh, with the way AI and uh, you know process bots essentially take place.
1: Raj, is that um, those kind of expectations are true? You you. Uh... You work in businesses that actually ex- actually exist in the physical space. So uh, is, is that kind of expectation kind of even coming there? Uh, Raj's prop, prod, product is in, what, hundreds of thousands of what are called keys or hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So just talk to us a little yeah. bit about that as well. If you don't mind. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So at, at Go Moment, we work with leading hotels uh, around the world at this point, and uh, you know we're deployed at a at a huge number of uh, rooms on the Vegas Strip, uh, in you know major metro areas, and uh, in even suburban markets, and across tens of millions of guest interactions, what we're seeing is that exactly as Patty said, people are just not patient anymore, right? Like the customer mm. expectation, right? Even if you're a, a Marriott. You're not, you're no longer competing with the Hilton or another hotel down the street. You're competing on customer experience with Uber, with Netflix and with Amazon. And essentially, that's tricky. Okay. And these companies have set, uh, you know, using machine learning and AI across the entire enterprise, a lot of these companies like the Amazon customer service uh, example that we were just discussing um, have set the tone with the customer that, look, we trust you. So if you're going to ask for a refund and the item's like 10 bucks, we're just going to give you a refund. Don't return the item. That's okay. Uh, The other expectation that these other systems have set with the customer is that uh, things should be easy and really, really quick. So uh, that's exactly why our mission has been to to make uh, guest service instant at hotels. Um, And, you know, we're uh, so, for example, when a guest walks into a hotel, they get a text message from our product Ivy. Um, and from the, at that point, Ivy will introduce herself. And then if the guest says, Hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? One second later, they have an answer. We didn't make them download anything. We didn't make them, um, you know, really get into any other kind of an app or any other experience. We kind of take the artificial intelligence and the automation to where the person already is and meet their expectations of getting really fast service. Um, you know, oftentimes instant, if it is knowledge-based and, uh, for anything that's not knowledge-based. Um, not providing any kind of a dead end. I think that, you know, in the earlier iterations of AI and automation uh, in, the, in a lot of customer service scenarios, um, there was over-reliance on automation. And then these systems can be a little tone deaf if it's only automation and there's no human in the middle. So going back to the triangular model uh, that we uh, saw earlier that, you know, the human in the in the mix is really, really important, especially in the... like. Uh, where we see that if there's an exception, there's a billing issue, something else like that, that definitely needs a person in the mix rather than letting a bot trying to to sort that out. So that perfect blend of the two uh, is exactly how uh, customers are getting an enhanced customer experience today um, across uh, many different customer service organizations.
3: Yeah, and just just to add to that, I think you know when I when I said the democratization of AI, you know, mm-hmm. in customer service is going to come, I think. Uh, you know, you want small, mid-sized business. We come from a small business heritage. If you really think about smaller, medium, mid-sized businesses, used our software first. We want businesses to think like, you know, how can you be a tiger? Right? How can businesses essentially be like the Amazons? And so, we while we serve customers of the likes of Bridgestone and American Express and Sling and Discover. Um, We have 40,000 customers, and so essentially being able to offer AI at such a large scale is one of the core things that we aspire as a company to offer. And, you know, I think today there is technology that can enable this as a core function for most businesses. And so how can you take common processes as it relates to, you know, simple questions, refunds, cancellations, uh, you know, or change orders that can essentially be where AI can come in and really solve for re- in, just to give you an example in the retail scenario.
1: So one thing I want to mention is that um, in some of these high, traditionally high touch businesses like hospitality, uh, as Raj said, the, the human touch is very important but people don't want that human touch all the time and they the hotels actually can't provide it all the time so usually what you got pre-raj was you'd get like a fantastic over-the-top service great or you'd get you know can you hang out while i deal with this queue of other customers so i think this is kind of a magic spot where we can uh have the best of both worlds when needed and when not needed, when a uh, complete uh, AI powered self-service is possible, we can have that as well. Speaking of negatives, we've all used bad bots in the past. W- what are pitfalls uh, that companies should watch out for when configuring them? Uh, Raj mentioned one, which was uh, expecting it to do too too much. So I don't know if you want to start there or, um, or wherever you want to start with this one.
0: Yeah, Wait, think, but before uh, you say
1: anything, uh, my lovely and talented participants, shoot us some questions. We're excited to answer them. So uh, type those in and we will take care of it in uh, just, just a little bit of time. Sorry, Rush.
2: No worries. Yeah, I think the, the question is definitely looking forward to those. Um, in terms of, you know, bad bots and these, uh, these pitfalls that companies should avoid, Uh, Definitely, let's start with what we've already discussed, which is the over-reliance on the automation, right? Ultimately, customer service is such a critical backbone uh, of every business that you cannot take the humans out of that equation completely, especially not based on where the technology is today on the the AI and the automation side. And uh, I Mm. would say that uh, every successful example of AI application in the customer experience uh, and in the customer service um, scenario does include a substantial human involvement. But the question is, where do you have the humans coming in? Where do you have the AI taking care of things? So, um, you know, for example, uh, you know, if the if the sentiment uh, of the conversation is heading south, that's probably a good indication that the bot is not necessarily able to, to handle it uh, solo and that, you know, the topic may be something that uh, requires human intervention. So I think selecting really carefully about, well, what are our ten, you know, top ten most frequently asked questions? The most repetitive tasks that our customer service team might be doing, such as order tracking. Can I get a copy of my invoice? Uh, you know, what's the Wi-Fi password? Any any question like that that is informational and robotically being provided is a phenomenal application for AI to begin with. And uh, you know, I think that uh, the other component here is that uh, we recommend that companies don't try to boil the ocean. Um, So, for example, you know, we work with Caesars Palace, Treasure Island, uh, Stratosphere, other major hotels on the Vegas Strip. And if a hotel comes to us and says, hey, we want to automate everything, we want 100 percent, you know, of our services to be indexed and and all that. um, We actually advise that we don't do that, but instead take a crawl, walk and run approach. Where in the crawl, Mm -hmm. we just go after the top 10 to 20 questions that are at the front desk currently. Um, And then over a period of time, expand the scope of that so that we're not uh, being too ambitious out of the gate, which can sometimes be a pitfall and and lead to the, um, you know, an unsuccessful launch of uh, AI into the customer uh, service experience.
3: Uh, I think you're spot on, Raj, in the sense that, you know, chatbots have such a bad rep in the marketplace because they're expected to solve everything from world hunger to, uh, any kind of It's problem. a magic wand. Reality.
2: You put it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: right. The reality is that, you know, bis- businesses, when it comes to having to interact with their customers, only want to take much more predictable scenarios where bots can be deployed. You know, you've seen several examples. You saw the Microsoft bot go bad, and you've seen the Facebook examples. And I think the idea really is that, you know, in the, in the realm of AI, when you think about, you know, unsupervised, you know, AI, that's where you start seeing the examples of the bots predicting questions that they haven't seen before by using pattern Mm. matching. And I think the idea is that in in the realm of customer service, most businesses that we work with want to solve for predictable problems where they know the question, like you said, informational Things that they have done in the past so that they can solve for it versus creating a, a poor customer experience. And so I think this is a place where uh, it's super important that we, you know, all businesses start on a crawl walk run, take the known issues and solve for them. Now, going beyond
1: bots what are some abilities of AI and customer age I know we talked about this a little bit before, but I think there are some things we don't think of right away, but are happening all around us. And uh, we should be we should be aware of them. Can, can both
3: of you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, so I think when you think about going beyond bots, uh, you have to stop thinking about some of the agent facing uh, challenges in, in in today's times, especially in the COVID-19 times, just think about mm. essentially the, the customer service world is a remote workplace. And here you have a situation where you have to onboard hundreds of agents or thousands of agents mm-hmm. in remote mm. conditions. How do you use AI as a way to really improve the quality of onboarding. So, you know, it's not about seeing Zoom recordings, but really being able to assist them every time they're responding to questions or in their training period, right? So there's a lot of AI that essentially will go into some of those areas. We're seeing in the sentiment tracking, like whether it's on a live phone call, uh, you know, where, you know, based on tone, you know, you can have intercepts that really come into play or even broader aspects of it when customers are talking about your product in the community, in community forums, how do you understand what's the conversation customers are having about your product? And how do you use that essentially as a way, right? To be able to in- intervene, understand what's the, you know, what kind of functionality they're looking for? what What is the feedback they're giving you about your product? And so I do see us really, I do see well beyond the common realm of customer service, which is about responding to issues and questions, where AI will essentially penetrate itself into several areas beyond these traditional bots.
2: Yeah, definitely uh, agreed fully with uh, with Patty on this, and um, I think that you know what's what's definitely really interesting is that you know bots inherently are reactive, right? Or, or mm. any kind of application of AI on the inbound customer service experience is going to be reactive um, but you know I think that beyond that what we can expect and what we're already seeing all around us actually uh, in more subtle ways is uh, you know the proactive uh, customer experience uh, guidance that can be provided using machine learning and AI and you know uh, essentially large data sets of um, you know what's happening in your customers experience. So. You know, of course, this looks very different for different businesses. Uh, Of course, for, uh, you know, an SME, uh, small to medium enterprise uh, type of business, it's going to look very different than it does for a hotel, for example. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've seen at GoMoment, for example, is that we can intuit uh, different parts of, you know, when a guest is going to need, for example, towels or when a guest might need for example, you know, if the checkout is uh, scheduled to be 11 a.m., we haven't heard anything from the guest by 10.30, that's a great time to think about, okay, well, maybe we can offer this guest an extended bit of service um, for an additional uh, fee and that kind of um, you know interaction. And sometimes, and by the way, right now, hotel occupancy is low, so it's pretty likely that a guest might just get another five hours in their hotel room or even another day for not a whole lot of additional cost, which actually benefits both parties. And again, uh, this prevents the guests from having to call down at 1059 AM saying, Hey, I need, you know, another period of time or something of that nature. And then, you know, we see this also across all businesses. So for example, you know, when I was shopping on, on Amazon, I I saw that uh, because I bought this previous book by Micah that, you know, I was recommended the new one and, you know, and, and all of that is being done in a way that is totally seamless and just, um, you know, opaquely working. I'm so glad that. it did
1: it, Raj. I'm so glad it yeah. didn't say because you purchased this previous book by Micah, you really don't want to read the new one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I left a good review. So I, I think that definitely- Oh,
1: okay. Did. There you go. Oh, that's awesome. Thank
2: but you. But in terms of, yeah, I think beyond bots, we should think of, of these uh, other more ambient technologies that oh. can, you know, kind of detect things. So for example, I think the, the ring doorbell is, a, is an interesting example of this. I don't think most people would consider that a bot but it is using motion detection right to see okay if somebody's at the front door the motion has been detected i'm going to start recording and i'm going to start streaming that to somebody so that's a type of an example um, of what's happening currently in the hardware space but we can definitely apply this uh, in the software space to the customer experience to intuit well what would the customer be interested in and how do we set it up so that. Um, our software that our solution can continue to create value for the customer even when they're not looking and that's the beauty of bots that's the beauty of a, of a smart concierge like ivy uh which we created at go moment and then that's the beauty of these ai and automation technologies that um you know uh, there's a distinction this the distinction of active tools versus passive tools and an mm. active tool is like a pen right you pick it up you write something with it and as long as you're using the tool it's producing something for you whereas a passive tool you can kind of set it and forget it so that's the beauty of a ring doorbell or uh, amazon subscribe and save or any of these kinds of things where you can just automate it and moving into those passive tools that can be working for you um you know when you're not looking uh is exactly where we think that you know beyond bots uh we'll see a lot of improvements in the customer experience
3: so uh, that's a great point. I think just reminds me of another point. When you think about customer service as as a dis, as a work discipline, right? Uh, we you know businesses tend to think of this as like a a defense function, right? Which is like mm. if you take the in the hockey analogy, you know the pucks being thrown at you and you're trying to block it from getting into the goal. Same in this soccer analogy, you're basically playing defense or goalkeeper. And essentially you're trying to stop the ball from various places to come and hit you. The reality in the new world is going to be around using proactiveness, which is how, what kind of sensors do you have in your business that tells you which customers are more likely to churn? And then how do you use AI more effectively to essentially be on the forefront of churn prediction, you know, and essentially be proactive in engaging with those customers to realize the value of your product. Uh, by by getting those red amber green signals so that like you said you know you can be a lot more proactive about going about getting there so i think the prevalence of this will will essentially reposition customer service from being like a uh, you know from defense to more like an offense and be like a, you know someone who who not only thinks about saving customers but also uh, thinks about engaging customers proactively and changing the experience that they offer to our customers.
1: Fantastic. I sometimes think about the quality of uh, AI, is whether it's smarter than my colleague or not. Not my colleague, my colleague. So uh, my dogs, they know, just on on the doorbell thing, they know only bad people ring the doorbell because the people they know and love just use the key and come in the side door. But um, I, I like to hope that AI is 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 smarter than that, but I'm not sure it always it always is. Where would I start me, Micah, or me, the the participants who are on this webinar? if I want the 70% or however many it is who don't haven't yet brought AI into their customer service, where should they start? Uh, the, you know, I don't think they want to go and have a, a science experiments started that it'll take years I, I think they probably want something more practical than that so where should they start if they want to bring ai into the customer service experience they're providing at their company
2: it's a it's a great question mike i can uh the space can definitely be a bit confusing and i think you know that's why having um you know trusted relationships and 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 other trusted sources that you can go to are is is super important um, I would say that before even beginning the process of you know, selecting a vendor, or talking to, to folks like Freshworks or, or GoMoment if you happen to be in the travel business, um, you know, the first thing I, I would recommend for every single uh, you know, leader who's looking at implementing AI into the customer service experience is to start by defining the ROI and the outcomes that they're looking for. Uh, based on the solution. So again, the solution is there as a means to an end, but the, the, they, the leader has to be really clear on what is that end result that we want to drive in the organization. Um, so for example, if it's, okay, we, we've got you know, 10 million customer inquiries coming in every year, and we want to deflect 10% of them and automate those next year, because that's going to make our you know, business more efficient. Definitely recommend starting there and defining what success looks like. Uh, And then working with, uh, you know, an expert in your industry or uh, another organization that understands your business quite well uh, and has a successful track record of helping, you know, tens of millions of folks, um, you know, in the wild, Uh, because there is definitely a lot of noise out there in the AI space. There are a lot of, you know, companies that are maybe three to six months old, and and you probably don't want to entrust your enterprise's uh, public facing image to a, a brand new player in the space. Um, so, you know, our best recommendation is to figure out what, what, what are those uh, key performance indicators that will ultimately drive return on investment for this initiative and then have conversations with, uh, you know, with industry leaders and experts um, in order to be able to figure out how they will prescribe that you use an AI solution in your enterprise or in your business uh, in order to achieve that outcome. Because, you know, trust the experts for sure. Um, I think that, you know, occasionally we will have uh, a conversation with, uh, you know, with a hotelier that, you know, uh, wants to use AI in a specific way. And we're like, well, sure. But, you know, we've tried that and it, it doesn't really work the way you think that it might. So there's a lot of <laughs> wisdom and expertise that, that you can actually tap into. Oh, uh, gosh. You know, can
1: you can you give us a actual? Can you tell us actually?
2: Well, so yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a very relevant example right now. Um, So there, there a lot of, uh, you know, talk about contactless hospitality, given the the situation that we're in currently, Uh, and a lot of, um, you know, hotels that are saying that, okay, well, I want to use AI to settle everyone's bill when they're leaving so that we don't have to hand them a piece of paper at the front desk that, you know, has their folio on it. Uh, You know, the, the itemized receipt of everything that they've done. Um, and, you know, part of the, the issue with this, for example, is that there's a lot of fragmentation in the, in the software that all of this needs to reconcile with. So we said that, yes, we could do this. It would be a $10 million upfront cost. And we know that your business is not ready to bear that kind of a cost. Um, so, you know, that, that's why it's not the best application. You, you know, these technologies can be applied in an extremely efficient and high ROI way. Uh, If you focus on the the kind of top 10, you know, most frequently asked questions that are also automatable, there are some things that are not necessarily quite as automatable for various reasons. Um, So, and, you know, the checkout process and settlement of a folio, for example, is one of those things that, you know, it does, it is better handled today by a human being because if there's a billing issue, if there's a question, anything else of that nature, that's a really key touch point. And we, we wouldn't look to automate that fully. And we actually saved this customer who came to us with this request you know, probably six months, and and you know, potentially millions of dollars that they would have otherwise spent, because some companies might just raise their hand and say, "Yes, we'll just build it for you. Give us the money," and you know, that's that's that. But uh, you know, for folks that have the experience in the industry applying these technologies, um, it's the the most valuable thing a partner in this space uh, can bring to you is not what to do exactly, but what not to do, because what not to do is actually much more important. Uh, in this kind of a context, then exactly what hmm. to do because you know there are a lot of blind alleys uh, that are easy to get lost on, and you guys have probably heard um, you know some businesses trying to invest in these uh, technologies and not being successful. It's probably because they were misguided and, and ended up in one of those blind alleys. And uh, uh, you know, the, the businesses that do have experience bringing these technologies uh, to large scale clients and uh, you know applying them in production for years. Uh, those are the businesses that can really help you make sure you're uh, doing the right things and not doing any of the wrong
3: things. Yeah. so, so I think if I were to add to it, I think every business has potential to automate with AI, right? So I think there's a footprint now it depends if you're a B2B business, your footprint's potentially lower because it's a lot more involved set of questions versus B2C businesses, which have like a higher footprint because of direct to consumers. Uh, we start with a very fundamental notion called zero contact resolution. I think it's an interesting word if you think about it, which is how many cases or tickets can you solve without touching an agent? Now that's the footprint, that's the easy low hanging fruit that you can get like Raj mentioned of things of simple known questions, queries that can be resolved from a knowledge base or FAQ and that becomes the first starting point in most businesses. So you mm. start by looking at You know, and it all comes down to sharpness of, of answers, which is like when a question is asked, how much first contact resolution do you have? The first contact resolution footprint is the exact same footprint of zero contact resolution. Bots can essentially solve for all those questions that have been resolved in a single response. And I think that's the first place to start and then you go beyond that to say hey what are my decision trees what are my process tickets that takes an agent like 8 minutes to solve because they got to go to five other systems to do a cancellation or to give an order status check and you know how do you automate all of that and you know not all of that is ai because in autom- in the world of automation you can use rpa you know and use intelligent process automation the combination of the two essentially gives you that footprint. So at Freshworks, we've got businesses we serve where we have automated up to like, we have taken a 60, 70% ticket volume down, which basically means we've been able to deflect and resolve for queries using bots on the front end. And then there are other businesses where we've gotten 20, 25%, depending on the type of business. So there's not one answer for everyone saying, hey, if I give you this, uh, you know, this." This AI solution that you will be able to deflect 50% of your tickets. So it's a case-by-case case basis. And, you know, but clearly that footprint is north of 20% for almost every mm. business. So if you if you were to go to a business and say, hey, can I at least take 20% of my case volume away? Uh, that's a great conversation place to start with when you're discussing an AI initiative with someone. So I think that's my perspective. I do think that this is a this is an area where businesses are not, you know, custom. All entities, corporations are going to come to companies like ours and say, I, "This is times where you know we have tremendous cost pressures. Customer service mm. is still a cost center, and so when you think about that, it's like, how do I take, how do I be more efficient, how do I do more with lesser resources?" And how can I use more automation to go out and really increase that footprint? And so I think this is a great time to really have that conversation. And and there is definitely in every business, a lot of low hanging fruit that one can solve for. And then really set a roadmap for where you can go out and take like bigger chunks of case case types that you can essentially automate over time. So I I think this is a fascinating question.
2: Yeah, uh, it it seems like, You know, we actually got a, a, a question from the audience uh, from Bob about how can you measure the effectiveness of a particular bot and Patty, it seems like you just hit all of the highlights there in terms of automation and uh, being able to multiply the effectiveness of the the staff that we have in this environment, especially where we are all being asked to do more with less. Um, and actually one, one quote kind of came to mind, just rel- uh, relevant to what you mentioned. Uh, one of our customers, uh, Caesars Entertainment, um, their chief experience officer uh, was actually quoted in, a, in an article that, that uh, was published nationally uh, around the fact that they actually A-B tested. And again, this kind of rela- relates to the effectiveness of a bot. They A-B tested guests uh, who had used Ivy during their stay at, uh, at uh, you know, Caesars properties versus the guests that did not uh, engage with our smart concierge. And they found that the, that the former group was 10% higher on customer satisfaction than the, the group that did not engage with the bot or the smart concierge in this case. Um, and the, the chief experience officer specifically said that in order to get this level, like 10 points higher on that, uh, that he would have to double his frontline staff or do something else extraordinary to that effect. And, and that's a direct quote. Um, which you know we, we thought was really telling because we're also you know automating about fifty percent plus, and what we see is that that is having a tangible difference in a lot of businesses where it feels like you have double the staff that you do on the front uh, front lines there, which can make a massive difference to your know, your growth and uh, you know NPS scores, customer satisfaction, etc.
3: Yeah, and just to add, to so, that, I think I'll just oh, one more thing which okay. is When we talk to when we talk to customer service leaders, I think. Uh, their objectives are generally tend to be, hey, help me improve my CSAT. Uh, Mm. I want to increase my net promoter score. The reality is all of those are resultant metrics. So if you really start thinking about how do I improve my CSAT or NPS, it comes from the fact that you have great first contact resolution, you have much shorter average handle times, right? And then you have your agent population that's really happy. If you essentially add the three components, you will end up in a great CSAT, right? So the notion of like, how do you solve for AI? You have to start by saying, if I want my NPS to improve by X points, or if I want my CSAT to improve by X points, I got to attack these three areas. I got to attack first contact or zero contact resolution. I got to attack agent handle time, onboarding, response time, turnaround time, first contact, you know, time time to first response, those types of things. And then how do I really make my agent population be more productive and effective? So they're not answering mundane questions, right? They need to be answering questions that essentially focus on empathy, connection, and intelligence, right? Mm. And so once they're able to use these three elements well, they're much more motivated to come back and engage workforce. And so the idea of taking these three pieces and saying, I got to solve for the problem by looking at, solving for this by not the end result, but taking the core components and saying, where do I apply AI in these three components to really improve my overall SAT or my NPS? While
1: we're doing that, I do want to make sure that we fully answer Bob's question. This is Bob Flaniak. He is the president and CEO. I just happen to know him of, of Chrome, which is a very innovative uh, bank, uh, uh, Credit Union in in Pennsylvania, and Bob's specific question is how can you measure the effectiveness of a particular bot? And uh, Raj was saying that we have pretty much answered that, but just just throw Bob another bone or two on this before we move on.
2: Yeah, I um, I think you know what Patty mentioned around uh, automation rate. That is a really important um, uh, metric there. You know, as far as deflecting inbound uh, inquiries into the into the business. I think also what we talked about around customer satisfaction and also net promoter score. Uh, I would say that those are probably the three key metrics that um, you know we do work with a, a lot of our clients on. And, and I would say that- Okay. That- so
1: Bob, uh, so I know Chrome already measures their NPS and you're saying instead of measuring the bot, uh, the, the question is how it really, how it, like the 10% that Caesars got from you. That's what really matters.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so uh, you would look to A-B test the population. So in in the initial rollout of the the bot or any kind of AI into your customer experience, ideally don't expose it to every single customer inquiry initially that's coming inbound. Uh, Split Mm. them up to say, old way of doing it, whatever that entailed. And fifty percent of customers at random are going to get the new version, and um, and then benchmark what kind of customer satisfaction, NPS, uh, and other you know metrics uh, you're getting from the population of uh, incoming uh, uh, guests uh, or customer requests that were d- uh, handled by the bot.
3: So, I'll just add to that a little bit. Um, so when you think about, uh, you know, it's a journey. AI is a journey, it's not like a hey, because the difference between someone who deploys a bot that doesn't have AI is they'll basically take simple note questions and put answers to that. But if the system doesn't learn and improve over time, then it's really not AI, right? It's basically a rigid system that we have built. And so the idea behind bots is that there's got to be a place where you will see them Really so it's my, co-
1: it's my, it's my collie pretty
3: much. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see people hit the wall. And so the idea is how do you really look at that and basically say, how do I unblock to increase the footprint of automation with bots? Right. And so uh, that's where, you know, AI systems do very well in saying because there was a decision tree that the bot when it responded did not give the right answer or the bot did not respond and hand it off to an agent gracefully. How do we solve for that? Because 25% of my ticket volume falls or the case volume falls in that category. And so that's that's when you work with some with someone who basically says, all right, let's build it. It's not a you know a, Put it once, turn it on and go away. It's gotta be a continuous learning system that the AI offers that helps you get beyond the first five, 10, 15, 20. And like I said, for some businesses, we have like 70% deflection. I mean, our agent count came down by 70%. But on the on the on the contrary, it really helped that business in these times to really change their landscape of how you, they were using bots to resolve questions. So
1: I have a question here that actually came in on the chat, uh, which is a tricky one. It's from Elizabeth Shipper, and she asks, what are the best ways to utilize bots when the software products being supported by AI are highly customized? In other words, answers can vary from customer to customer based on their unique usage of software. And I think part of the answer, Elizabeth, is don't use the bot for everything. But beyond that, uh, let, let's give Elizabeth a little bit of a better answer than I just did.
3: Sure. Um, so, y- like I like I think Raj and I basically said, you know, you don't want to use AI in scenarios uh, where you don't have a. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was saying that you know the history of response of successful responses is the core for an AI system to learn on. And so if you Mm. don't have, you know, that repository, and if you have a lot of one-offs, there's AI cannot operate, you you know, for any artificial intelligence system to learn, you need to have a certain volume of cases that it learns from. And so I I wouldn't recommend AI in scenarios, which is a one-off and a custom response for each, each type of new scenario that you you would implement. So it's not a, it's not for everyone, right? So you need to have reasonable volume. In my sense.
2: Yeah, I think um, you know it's interesting because uh, Elizabeth, we've actually encountered this exact scenario in the wild. Um, you know, I brought up an example earlier of a in guest. the wild. <laughs> yeah, in the way you know, in production or or yeah. you know, in the real world, if you will. Um, but I brought the, I brought up this example earlier of a guest, you know, at a hotel that hasn't checked out yet. It's ten thirty. You know, checkouts at eleven o'clock. Um, but you know, uh, essentially, one thing that we saw happening a lot in the hotel business is guests would uh, come down to the front desk to check out, and you know, Sunday mornings are peak, peak, peak checkout time, uh, where essentially some hotels uh, were having two hundred people in the lobby at the very same time, just waiting for you know, a bank of like four or five agents. So one of the things that we were able to do is take um, data in from their existing um, systems. So you mentioned you know, some highly customized software. They're, they were using some highly customized software to maintain the reservation details of that guest. Um, that was then basically going through a data warehouse or customer data platform, which most you know businesses at this point, I would say, or many businesses at this point have adopted. And essentially what we did is we connected uh, our uh, automation solution into their customer data platform so that when a guest says, hey, I would like to check out now, Ivy was actually custom generating a link just for that guest that had their information securely encrypted in that link. Um, so that when the guest tapped on that link, they actually land on a mobile page that has their reservation details and a big button that says checkout. Um, so that's been totally customized to their uh, their exact needs. Now, um, Ivy is not going to ever ad lib or you know make up uh, information to send to the guests. Uh, but in terms of filling in the blanks from the 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 customer's previous uh, history and their profile on the system, that is something that that bots and uh, uh, other AI systems can do today. So there is a delineation of you know if you if you expect that the AI is going to come up with a unique answer just from scratch for a, a customer, that's exactly as Patty said. That's not necessarily feasible today. However, if we know okay, well we have three types of customers A, B, and C and we can write a script that covers all of them uh, and we have some blanks in there that we can pull in from an API call or some other kind of system that you're already using, that is totally doable now. And it's something that we've actually done millions of times in production today. So that is definitely something um, you know, that is a happy middle ground. And like I've said earlier, it's better to know what not to do uh, because that'll kind of lead you to what to do in this scenario. And, and we found that this works extremely well and we've actually been successful at taking a 200-person waiting line, um, you know, at the front desk on a Sunday morning down to Ooh. 10 people. So we've literally eliminated 95% of the the kind of um, you know waiting uh, involved for the customer in that uh, in that regard. So uh, I'm sure Freshworks has something you know similar that uh, that that's going to be able to uh, customize and tailor without necessarily you know totally generating a new response from scratch. We have a question here that uh, is
1: very broad and I think really interesting. So let's spend a minute or two on this if you don't mind. Uh, This is from my friend anonymous attendee. And anonymous says, do you think the way the world views AI and automation has changed in the last few months? What's changed and what should we be keeping in mind? I think that my quick answer to this is maybe it's gotten a little more positive because we're now thinking about the downsides of working with, with people. Uh, either they're not available because they're at home or uh, it's literally dangerous to be in contact with them. So I think in that sense, it's gotten more positive. Also, it's probably gotten a little more negative because more than ever, we are worried about um, unemployment. Uh, which is w- why freshworks so carefully uh personifies their ai as a dog rather than as someone who's gunning for your job. But uh so those are my two contradictory thoughts on this, having thought of it about it for all of uh you know 45 seconds. Uh Patty, you wanna you wanna sure.
3: carry on sure. with this? Yeah. So I do think that you know if you think about uh you know these times today, hiring people is hard, right? onboarding people's hard um, you know revenues and profits are down and so when you think about scenarios like that the crunch on crunch on cost centers comes first customer service for most businesses is still a cost center and so how do how do executive teams look at ai automation they'll start looking at ai and automation and saying how can i manage with the current workforce without having to hire more. And so the play of AI becomes even more relevant in today's terms, right? Because you want to be able to do, you know, manage that volume of traffic that you're getting on your customer service cases with the same number of agents or fewer agents. And so I do think that this is a, this is a time when you'll see AI initiatives really on AI and all automation, including RPA, right? Any things that where policies change. you've mentioned that be acronym automated.
1: before. Can you spell it out for
3: us? It's it's robotic process automation. So okay. let's say you know let's say you have you know you, you work in a you know to to solve a customer's question, you have to go to an order management system, a supply chain system go back to your financial, update the ERP, do a calculation, provide a refund and send it to the customer. This is a typical task that basically could take you as much as five, seven minutes, can be error prone. But you know if you can essentially stitch this entire process using a robot, and so that's called robotic process automation, and they will do the whole thing, including the calculation, pick up from a PDF, put it into an invoice generator and send it back or a refund right so i think there's really interesting ways in which all of these okay. technologies are beginning to get used in today's world and when you combine ai and rpa i think you can really make what you call as intelligent process automation right and so going beyond simple informational cases for bots we essentially ask customers to really look at their harder harder tickets the most you know the ones that customers have most angst on, the ones that agents spend most time on. It's those types of tickets and cases that you want to solve using, using automation and technology. So I think this is going to become more prevalent. And I think this is a a great time to start thinking about what's, how do I take at least 20% of my footprint of traffic away using AI and automation?
2: Yeah. Definitely agreed. And, uh, I think just to to kind of, uh, extend that a bit, I think that, uh, AI and automation, I think as of six months ago, were seen as innovations to be considered. Whereas Mm. today, uh, you know, given the environment that we're in, given the amount of unemployment and uh, the fact that it is very difficult as Patty said to onboard and train a new customer service agent, uh, in this remote environment, AI and automation have now become things that are just table stakes and it, it is no longer a nice to have, but rather a must have for most businesses uh, because there is no way, there is no human way to kind of bridge that gap between the number of people that the business can afford to have answering customers, which is kind of down here right now, and the customer expectations of the level of service that they expect, as we said, from Netflix and Uber and you know Amazon and other businesses. So. Uh, the environment is such that uh, customers have start to, started to expect that instant customer service. Um, and there just seems to be no other answer in this environment uh, than AI and automation. Uh, and, you know, of course, as, as Micah said, you know, uh, AI is or automation and bots are biosafe, right? They are part of the pure tech movement that, that's kind of burgeoning right now, which is that there's no chance of, uh, you know, disease transmission, for example, um, so, you know, we're seeing, for example, you know, just to co- kind of come back to the hotel scenario that we're super familiar with, the primary method of communication between the guest and the hotel right now is the in-room phone. And that phone, if you touch that to your face, <clears throat> you might be, you know, getting infected by the, the pandemic and, and nobody wants to do that right now. So of course, all of that is now migrating into a digital messaging channel where bots and AI are essentially expected because the limited staff that do exist in the business can no longer keep up with that demand. So, uh, you know, we saw this back in 2009 as well, when it was not a pandemic related shock, that was a financial shock to uh, a number of industries where the amount of staffing went down considerably, um, you know, in a short period of time. And we are, have seen that happen again now. Um, so I think in this new reality, it uh, it definitely you know has gone from a nice to have to a must have. And uh, also I think, customers and consumers in general have become very practical because at this point, you know, just just get me my stuff, let me get out of uh, here and let me get onto the next thing that I'm doing uh, seems to be the mindset. And I think that customers are less um, touchy or picky also about whether it's a bot that gets them the answer as long as it's the correct one, or if it's a human. Um, And I would say to some extent, there's a preference for getting things sooner rather than later.
1: Thank you everyone for uh, your questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Patty Rathanam and Raj Singh. And thank you to Freshworks for sponsoring this series and this episode. And I am Micah Solomon. Thank
2: you. Thanks,
3: everyone.
1: Thanks,
2: so Thanks. Take care.
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new for your business today. From the entire team at Freshworks, I want to thank you for your time. All the best and stay safe.